Welcome to Supergirl's Attic. I'm Cycles. And I'm Vivi. And the topic of this episode is lying in terms of deception, actively deceiving someone and hiding the truth, which is interesting for Supergirl as a show because the truth is not quite a core value for the show compared to, say, Superman with his truth, justice and the American way and compared for Supergirl to the concept of hope and how that's pretty much everywhere. They clearly demonstrate through the events of the show that hope is a good thing to have. <laughs> Note that you're referring to hope the concept and not hope the character. <laughs> yes. And in terms of hope the concept, they have explored the downsides of it, like especially in season four with Kara's hope in people and, and optimism blinding her to the fact that a hate crime was committed. But hope is at the core of the show. It's something they are a proponent of. Whereas the truth has been uh, more complicated from the very beginning of the show, definitely linked to the various coming out narratives that we mm. see from the beginning with Kara as an alien. And also Jean in season one. Mm -hmm. And then Brainy later on with being an alien also. And then in season two, we had the introduction of like a real life type coming out scenario with Alex coming out as a lesbian. And then we have a wonderful sort of fusion in Nia as a character who is both a trans woman and an alien and as comes out as both throughout the show. And in relation to this coming out narrative aspect, there's often this yearning to tell the truth in the characters. Like you want to be able to come out and, and live freely. But then there's a simultaneous understanding that that's not always going to be the right call or the best thing for you to do for yourself and for your loved ones. Mm. Yeah. And it's an interesting concept with the way the show presents it. And it's also kind of interesting to look at how the audience reacts to it as well, because there's a very set point of view, I think, that a lot of viewers come to it with that's very narrowly focused within specific cultures and specific subcultures. And those tie into kind of us as the audience and why do we think honesty is important or why do we think that lying is bad? Mm -hmm. The funny part about all of this is that psychological research about, you know, truth and why do we believe in the truth frequently veers off into conversations about deception and why it is a social necessity. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a fascinating dynamic there between telling the truth and recognizing that you can't always tell the truth or maybe there are situations when you shouldn't. But the reasons that certain cultures and certain societies value honesty is that it is connected to our understanding of our own goodness as people. Mm -hmm. If you are in a society that values truth and being honest with others, you will want then to maintain your own integrity as a truthful person because that means that then you are a good person because you tell mm -hmm. the truth to others. And we see that reflected sometimes in Supergirl and why characters make decisions yeah. one way or the other about telling the truth or being angry when somebody doesn't. Mm. The other thing related to this, especially with this idea of culture, is that this idea that honesty is the best policy, so to speak, is very tied to Western democracy. It's something that you see expressed very strongly by people who are open to ideas from many places and who are strongly concerned with human rights for all, essentially. This is kind of connected to the idea that honesty will lead to theoretically better communication because you're being truthful about what you like or what you don't like. 
and that it will lead to better relationships between people. The thing is, that is not always true, and that is not a universally held belief. For example, a lot of psychological research has found that our capacity for dishonesty as a human species is as fundamental to our character as our need to trust and believe in others. So while we all do want a sense of truth from other people and we want to know that they are being real with us, we all lie. And we all lie regularly. We all deceive people regularly. We all deceive ourselves regularly. This is actually a place where you will see sometimes discourse erupt related to storylines in the show about whether a character should have lied, shouldn't have lied, was a bad person for lying, etc. But telling lies or withholding the truth does serve some social and emotional needs for people. And all of this is research that has come out through studies with the National Institute of Health and the National Center for Biotechnology Information, which is one of the biggest research organizations in the United States that deals with behavioral and psychosocial issues. So there's two different ways that we lie that have very different effects. One set of lies are pro-social. They are lies that we tell to benefit or protect others, or they're lies that we tell to protect ourselves. And the ultimate goal with these lies is actually to smooth over friction in a group and to eventually create a stronger integration of the people in the group over time. So that's separate from like the moral judgment on whether or not it's a good idea. This is the purpose that it serves. Yes. Whereas the alternative, which anyone who's watched international news in the last several years should be familiar <laughs> with, is antisocial lies. Mm -hmm. That is lies that are told for personal gain that harm others. And these are lies that tend to fragment social groups over time because they drive people apart. Yeah. Take Lex as a character. <laughs> yes. Lex is a good example. They're lies that might be self-serving. You know, you lift yourself up by over-inflating mm. your own achievements or you lie about what someone else has done in a way that makes them look bad or you withhold information on purpose so that two other people might think they're being lied to by each other. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> all the dramatic backstabby things. So pro-social then would be considered sort of like white lies. Yes, exactly. But to kind of come back to this idea that culture and social rules are tied to lying and how we perceive lying, there's actually a large variance from region to region around the world in what is considered a lie and how socially acceptable it is to lie. And that's part of where you'll see disagreement come from in online spaces that are international because people are coming with very different frameworks about hmm what is appropriate for someone to do or not do. But that's also where you run into the values of the characters being very different because some of them, their upbringings are very different and they're operating under a completely different set of rules. And so the other interesting thing about that related to the idea that, like, for example, Kara comes from a completely different culture than Alex and Lena and James and everyone mm -hmm. and Jean comes from a completely different culture is that even human to human from one culture to another – we are really bad at being able to figure out when someone who has a different set of cultural norms is lying to us because the way we look for a lie is completely different than the way that someone from another part of the world looks for a lie. And therefore, the things that you perceive as being dishonest are wrong. And mm. 
I think in one of the studies, it actually said that when people tried to guess if the other person was lying, they were wrong over 50 percent of the time. Like, like <laughs> they would say they did worse than if they just flipped a coin. Yeah. So basically, it's not so much like there are telltale signs that a person is lying. What you actually are looking for is like a variation from a pattern for that person. Mm-hmm. And there is no like universal algorithm that you can use. Yes. And so the thing there to keep in mind that this idea that you're obligated to reveal everything about yourself at all times to everyone is an extremely individualistic value. It is an extremely Western democratic value. Mm. It is not universal. And the reason that those two things are so associated is because most democratic societies value the idea of like open flow of information, open freedom of expression. And that connects to you know, your ability to express your identity and who you are. So there mm-hmm. is this larger premium placed on truth. Which is why it fits in so well with justice and the American way. Yeah. And which is why it makes a lot of sense, especially when you look at Superman coming out of the cultural values of the United States after World War II, like at the beginning of the Cold War. Like, yeah, it it makes a lot of sense. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. That said, it's not true everywhere. And East Asian cultures in particular have a very different understanding of how you express yourself to people. There's a much stronger understanding that you have different circles of people in your life mm-hmm. who you are vulnerable with in different ways and who you are honest with to different degrees. And that if you're on like one of the outside circles, people understand that they're not going to get all the things that you withhold for the people in the small circle. And it's not seen as being deceptive. It's just understood as everybody has boundaries. Um, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. But this idea of like revealing different parts of yourself to different people, different circles of people, I find interesting with relation to Supergirl because fans sometimes have, I think, trouble understanding Kara as a character and her different identities like Kara Danvers, Kara Zarel, Supergirl, and and will ask like which one's the real Kara as opposed to understanding that they are like all Kara. Yeah. <laughs> and don't necessarily contradict each other. Yeah. And that Kara acting differently in a different social situation does not mean that like her internal sense of self is somehow broken or a lie. <laughs> yeah. Which we'll talk about more later in the episode. And kind of connected to that, it's also really interesting that, you know, in the United States in particular, in a lot of Western Europe, Northwestern Europe specifically, there's this insistence on, you know, tell the truth. But in a lot of different parts of the world, you actually have social rituals that incorporate deception where you're expected to lie for the first couple of times you answer a question until it's like socially permissible to say the the real answer. Mm. And related to this from like a national security point of view. So this was something that I learned during grad school that the representatives from the United States who work with people in foreign governments are sometimes almost regarded as like childishly naive because <laughs> we culturally accept things at face value and we assume that everyone else operates the same way that we do. And other countries are just like, we could tell you anything and you'd believe us and you don't get that we're different. (laughs) Um, And like related to that also, you have people who maybe live in, let's say, an authoritarian country where there is very 
tight, very threatening control over what people can say publicly, particularly about their government. Mm. So people lie because they don't want to die or go to jail. Yeah. They'll be careful with their public opinions. That doesn't mean that they don't still value truth and trust in their interpersonal relationships. But there is a blanket understanding that there are situations in which it is important and okay to lie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, yeah, the idea that different cultures just on Earth will have very different ways of understanding truth and lying is interesting for Supergirl and Carr specifically, because Krypton in some ways will demonstrate the value of truth to Kara and, and her life experiences. For instance, in terms of the way that people behave socially, Kryptonians, I think, come across as very straightforward in what we've seen of them in the show. Mm, yes. <laughs> like in terms of socially, as opposed to like never telling a lie, you know, like they're not very sarcastic, for example. Their language is very straightforward and, and face value, kind of like your comparison mm. with Americans. And even with like Astra and Nan, <laughs> like they, they were plotting, but they were very open about their plans and, and just kind of said what they wanted. Yeah, they're very blunt. <laughs> That's true. Astra, when we first met her, she was like, hello, niece, I'm here yes. to destroy you, you know, and Kara's like, uh, yeah. and Astra. <laughs> <laughs> and like, less so with the witches in season three, like they obviously mm. were plotting away, but I think it's telling the way that the people of Argo reacted to that and Kara being suspicious, like, what are you talking about? We don't tell lies here. <laughs> yeah. And Kara was like, no, something's definitely going down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, but young Kara, very young Kara, like around when she first came to Earth that we see in the flashbacks, comes off as very sincere and kind of straightforward in that same way. Yes, much to Alex's constant exasperation <laughs> and concern. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like I can't see, it's hard to picture her like joking in the same way that mm. even adult Kara would do. But in terms of the truth with adult Kara, even we see that she can be a bad liar sometimes. There are some like very famously bad lies where Kara's yes. like, I flew here. You don't have to validate my parking. <laughs> uh, I mean, on a bus. <laughs> and then in the pilot, she's like, I'm from uh, North. <laughs> Technically not a lie. <laughs> exactly. And then also with Carter in season one, when she's like, oh, I loved learning all about this new planet that I am also from, <laughs> which was particularly egregious. Yeah, like, awkward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, but it just like endeared her to him. Like he just thought that was like funny yes. and, and awkward. Well, she gets away with a lot of these because they're yeah. just kind of Kara awkward. They're just endearingly like ridiculous. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what an awkward phrase for her to say. I flew here on a bus. <laughs> She's quirky. Yeah, exactly. Ha ha, that Kara. So silly. <laughs> Kara, yes. Which totally plays into her personality. And I could totally see Lena thinking thinking of it that way. But most of these times are like she messes up because she's like coming into the situation very openly and and I think she has that first instinct to tell the truth where like oh I flew here. Oh, I loved learning about this new planet. Like she wants to open up, but then she has to reel herself back in and cover for what she just openly said without thinking. Mhm. Mm so it's like forgetting for a minute. As opposed to another kind of lie, which would be like, I'm, I'm going to walk into this room and, and have my story that covers the truth. Like Kara having a go-to, my parents died in a fire, as opposed to on an exploiting planet. But Kara sort of 
has this initial instinct to tell the truth and be straight with people. And I think that is very much a part of how she was raised on Krypton. So that connects to that Kryptonian demonstrated value of truth. And then you also think about the fact that Allura was like a judge yeah. on Krypton. And, you know, the truth plays a huge role in trying to figure out what justice would be. And Kara, for her part, wanted to be just like Alora. She said, I want to help people just like you someday, when Alora talked about sending a Helgramite to prison. And then we have Zorel, Kara's father, who was a scientist. And we learned in season three that he would actually include Kara in discussions about science and what he was working on. So Kara's parents were these like beacons of truth to her. And then that vision of them was crushed <laughs> over time. But even the failings of Krypton and her parents sort of demonstrate the importance of telling the truth. Like when she finds out that her parents were not these beacons of truth and virtue that she thought that they were. And Kara gets really upset about it. She's like, she lied to me when she finds out that Alora lured Astra mm. to her to send her to prison by lying to Kara and getting her to contact Astra with the little spy beacons that they shared. And I think that connects to sort of the core wound with Kara and Alora. The lie there, but even deeper, the fact that Alora didn't save Krypton. Kara says she didn't save Krypton like she promised. You know, Alora told Astra even that she was going to use reason and compassion to save Krypton, and she failed. And Alora secretly knew that Krypton was dying and, and <laughs> yeah, she did. withheld it. <laughs> But Kara knows that people in power covered up the truth about Krypton dying and, and knows that them doing that is what ultimately destroyed their planet and killed her biological family. Mm. And she gets this message like, lies can destroy you. Like, that is the threat of lies <laughs> through that connection. Yeah, which is why it's actually really cool then that Kara ultimately decides to become a journalist, even though a lot of people are like, oh, they just did that because it's the same as Superman. But, like, Kara's reasons for it are still really rooted in, in her past and her yes. relationship with Krypton in a way that is very different than Clark's. Hmm. Well, with Clark also, I think it has a lot to do with him wanting access to be able to save people. Yeah. Whereas with Kara, it's very much about changing minds and getting the truth out there in a way that makes sense for someone who lost their planet because people didn't know the truth. Yeah. And when you think about the kinds of articles that we've learned that she's written, they are, you know, exposés either of wrongdoing that is being committed that Mm. is bad for, for humanity or trying to reach people, educate people, create empathy for marginalized groups and people who aren't always seen. Yes. These like pro-social, social change driven articles. So, you know, Kara still on some level definitely values truth and that value has those connections to Krypton. But we also see that life on Earth challenges Kara's view of the truth and maybe her natural wish not to lie. Like she comes to Earth and is told immediately to <laughs> lie about everything. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but at least in this version of Supergirl, she gets to use her real name. <laughs> That's true. That's, That's different nice. than the past Well, ones. names are an important thing for Supergirl, I'll say. Kara's very particular about when people are allowed to say her name and what it means and represents. So I like that <laughs> observation. Hmm. But Kara comes to Earth and she 
has to lie about everything that happened to her for 13 years and her culture and like anything that she knows in order to protect and to stay with her new family, the Danvers. And she gets this message of like, oh, okay, so lies can keep you safe, <laughs> as opposed to destroying a family. Very conflicting energies. <laughs> They're all in on it, though. Like, that's the difference. Mm. Like, Kara's parents Good. were withholding information from her, but this is like the whole family agreed together. Like, this is a thing yeah. that no one should tell anyone else. Like, hmm. Yeah. Different kinds of lies also. Pro-social versus antisocial in a way. Yeah. But Kara has to learn to lie about very basic things, like stuff that she knows to be true, like math and science. Rejecting not only the truth, but like something she shared with her father with relation to science. Mm-hmm. Well, and it also, if you think like, you know, when she goes back to Argo in season three with Monel and she, she kind of jokingly refers to herself as a nerd versus mm -hmm. when you see her in the flashbacks in Midvale and she constantly comes across as like she's either not paying attention or like she's bored and it's because mm -hmm. everything is too easy and she can't be honest about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Picard says something to Lucy Lane in season one, actually, when we're seeing flashbacks of her time when she first got to Earth. She says, when you're an alien, you're willing to sacrifice anything, everything, betray your fundamental instincts just to fit in, to belong somewhere, to find your place in this world. Really emphasizing how the lying of it goes against her fundamental instincts, both in terms of like, I can't go and save people. And in terms of like, I can't just be kind of the honest, straightforward person I would maybe otherwise try to be. And then that idea of like betraying your fundamental instincts is so intrinsic to like coming out narratives mm. and not being able to just be yourself openly. And, and Kara expresses, you know, as someone who's hiding that she's an alien, I hate that I'm never going to get to have a normal life. And she's referring to not having a perfect partner at game night, not having someone who knows everything about her. So in this case, having a normal life is just being able to be yourself with others and publicly, which is something that people who experience like real life coming out situations experience. So Kara just wants to be able to tell the truth about her life because it's, you know, natural for her personality wise, as we talked about, and it aligns with Krypton's values. In the pilot, we even had Allura, her like last real message to Kara was be strong, be brave and always be true to yourself, which was, you know, right when Kara was coming out as Supergirl. So that was all tied together in terms of Kryptonian values. And hmm. it's also just how people like form connections with each other. Like we talked about car is like terrible lie like i'm from north <laughs> um in the pilot when she was on a date but that's a situation where you want to be able to talk openly with another person to see if you want to be with them and yeah and a date is a time when you want to create that sense of openness and honesty because the goal is to be able to be vulnerable with that person yeah and like i just mentioned that was a big issue in season one where she was jealous of james and lucy not just because she really liked james but mm -hmm. also because she couldn't have that and didn't think she would ever would be able to and then monel came in in season two and they kind of skipped past that problem because he was from daxum and you know not not only could she tell him the truth, but she could share things with him that he would actually understand because he was from a similar or adjacent culture. Yes. I always think of the part where he's like, oh, do you have Garada? And Alex and Winner are like, what's that? And Kara's just like, oh, it's soccer with dragons. dragons. Yeah. <laughs> But in terms of like romantic connections, Monel was someone she didn't have to worry about lying to. Even James was because he came in already knowing because Superman told him. The first time we're really seeing this 
properly addressed is in season five with William and wanting a, a perfect game night partner, but not being able to tell him that she is Supergirl. And she outright fears it, fears even pursuing the relationship with William because she fears the end result and and, and has that assumption that there will be a sense of betrayal from William. Mm. Yeah. Which in terms of coming out stories, I find interesting with relation to like trans people and bi people and that like mm. having to reveal eventually this part of yourself. Well, and that you continually have to do it. Yeah. But not knowing how a romantic partner will react. Yeah, that's true. I agree. Especially with trans people. And in terms of just regular old, you know, friendship connections for Kara, she struggled to make she, friends. She, and... she struggles. What? <laughs> that wasn't yeah. a plot point at all this season. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah, but she she struggles to even make friends. We saw her, especially in school before, like she had Wynn and James, who James already knew our secret. And then she immediately told Wynn the truth. Yes. But she struggled to make friends back in school. And she, when Alex was going away to college, she was like, no one else gets me. No one else can get me. Well, and she also had that traumatic experience with like the one friend that I she know. was close to dying like, abruptly. One friend. Well, that's also related to like dating struggles. That's like, oh, an that's in-between true. That's nice like an in between because like... <laughs> she knew he liked her. Yeah. 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 And she also said, actually, we should talk about that for a minute because she was like, he knew and he still liked me. Yeah. Like that he had figured out her secret on his own mm-hmm. ooh, and didn't hate ooh. her. And that was in season three, <laughs> way before they set up all these things in season five. In- yes. Interesting. Nice. nice. So like oh. other people have figured it. Actually, multiple other people have figured it out and not held it against Kara because Kat mm. did as well. Yes. Well, well, the second time. (laughs) Second time's the charm. But Cara's basically like her only friend besides, you know, rest in peace, Kenny. Yeah. Was Alex. Well, and the kind of curious thing about Cara and Alex growing into being friends and genuinely being sisters is that even as far into the show as season one, Cara still harbors this resentment of Alex in a way for constantly reminding her that she needs to lie and keep up the cover that she is a human. But at the same time, Kara can't act on any of that resentment because Alex is one of the only people she can genuinely be truthful with. Mm. And so they have this kind of intriguing dynamic where there's rewards and punishments for being honest. And and Kara sees the ramifications of her choice to be honest or to lie on Alex's life. And Mm. it goes all the way back to the very early, you know, baby them flashbacks in season one where Kara's talking about how birds are so cool because they didn't have them. And Alex is all panicked, like, please don't say that out loud. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And then, well, Kara, like, it does sort of something that is true to herself and goes and saves someone. And then we have instant ramifications where Alex breaks her arm. Well, because Alex is following her, which she always does. Yes. Uh, but then, you know, contrast that moment of Alex really shutting Kara down talking about Krypton with, you know, season three where she's like, oh, you never have done this before about the meditation or the mm. moment in season four where she's like, well, what does it feel like, you know, when the sun is recharging your powers? And they have that really nice little moment where Kara talks about how it feels like, was it fuzzy? Is that what she says? <laughs> like fuzzy and warm. Yeah. And that showcases really nicely this idea that people have a public and a private identity because they have these very clear social rules that it takes Kara a while to learn. But once she does learn them, she knows like, okay, at home, that's my space where I can 
talk about like my stuff and Alex yeah. will absolutely listen and will ask me questions and will be supportive. But like if we are in public, I can't do that. At home, she can take her glasses off. Yes, exactly. Literally. And be vulnerable. And figuratively. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know how much of that is directing versus the scripts versus just Melissa having gotten really good at it over the years. But they are really consistent with that. Like when Kara is at home, she usually does take her glasses off. Yeah. Well, it's also been I think it's been talked about before by someone on the team, like it being a sign that Kara is like willing to be more vulnerable in the moment. And yeah, because they use that actually every time she goes to tell someone who she is, taking the glasses off is a big part mm, of it. Yeah. And then that ties nicely back to that flashback of her when she's little with Jeremiah giving them to her specifically to tell her that, you know, it's a way for her to blend in and not mm -hmm. be super, if you will. And serve that sort of social role of the lie, so to speak. Yeah. Well, and then we also had, you know, the ultimate ramification of what happens if the line between public and private gets too blurred, mm. which is things got so dangerous that the only way to protect Kara was for Alex to completely forget that she knew any of the things about Kara that make Kara feel like comfortable and safe at all. Yeah. Um, and that <sighs> had some very bad ramifications for everyone involved. <laughs> yeah. Jean was like, I didn't know this would have so many ramifications. Yeah. And Kara was miserable. Alex was like she knew something was wrong and then she was stressed out about that instead of just being stressed out about Kara. And then Kara nearly died. So yeah, <laughs> too long didn't read. Kara was keeping that secret for a good reason. <laughs> yes. Although that time in their lives is very interesting because mm. as stressed out as Alex gets from Kara's lying or not lying, she was fooled for months. She was. By Kara's identities. She was actually. Well, and the other thing, too, that's really interesting is that Kara is immediately distressed when Alex explains what they're going to do with the mind wipe about the thought of having to lie to Alex and how much that that will hurt, mm -hmm. you know, if Alex ever finds out. And Alex is like, but it's not lying and I'm giving you permission to do it. Yeah. And knowing that they went through that in the reverse with the reveal of Alex having lied about being at the DEO and how that was hurtful to Kara, but, you know, she got mm. over it, was kind of a neat insight into both of their perceptions of how all these different lies have yeah. have affected them. Um, <laughs> well, that's also interesting in terms of, like, having permission to lie socially. Yes. Which reminds me of the book The Giver. So it's this book by Lois Lowry, and it was made into a movie. The movie is nothing like the actual book. But the idea is that this boy gets assigned the job to work with this old man in their community who preserves all of the memories of the time before their present society. And one of the instructions that he gets says, you may lie. And he's so mm -hmm. taken aback by that because he's like, oh, my God, does everyone get these instructions? Has everything <laughs> in my life been a lie? Like, it's a whole big freak out. Yes. And like, that's really what becoming an adult feels like. But um, <laughs> Love that. yeah, but that idea that you have permission to lie to me, like in this circumstance for my mm -hmm. safety is really an yeah. interesting. Well, there's also a social agreement in certain circumstances, like in different cultures that like it's okay to lie about like say no the first five times someone offers you something you know yep, exactly etc etc yeah so and i liked your point that actually once the mind wipe goes through alex falls for it like she a hundred percent does not think that supergirl and her sister are the same person she has that moment where she's like you remind me of my sister but like <laughs> That's a normal reaction. <laughs> like, that's not like, 
huh, you remind me of my sister. What if you're the same person? (laughs) But it it goes to a point that I think we've talked about a little bit before and maybe came up in the glasses episode, but that Kara sometimes actually can be a very effective liar about protecting her identity or other social things. Like, for example, when she's having her sticky buns and the lady's like, how do you eat so many and stay thin? And she's like, I'm an alien. Like, total, (laughs) like little grin yes. like she's having a joke with just herself which mm-hmm. she is um, but then Alex <laughs> is like having a slight heart attack as she overhears it yeah. <laughs> but she really understood the social situation there how far she could stretch and get close to the truth without actually tipping someone off <laughs> yeah and that was a really great example of Kara demonstrating her cultural fluency mm. in being able to get away with saying something truthful under the guise of it being a joke and the other scene that always stands out to me in terms of Kara actually being better at covering or lying than we think is Lucy coming up to her and mentioning that she's coming to game night and Kara had no idea (laughs) that James had just invited her along but she goes with it and Lucy does not realize at all that James kind of threw Kara under the bus I was like ooh good. (laughs) Yes, it was pretty quick Yeah, and so we we actually do see Kara react very quickly like that fairly often like you know she can when she knows what to do and it follows the script or she knows how she wants to react to protect other people she's pretty good at it yeah well it's also an emotional intelligence thing in that scenario Mm. sort of where she is lying in order to maintain like the social group and make everyone feel comfortable which is something i can see her being more skilled at than the lie that like cuts off other people from her inner circle Mm, yes seems to be a little bit harder for her to parse and to do quickly yes we also do see her in situations where like if she is prepared to lie she can lie very well the first time we see mixie in season two Kara lies to monel she pretends to break up with him in order to be able to trick Mixie into thinking that she's willing to marry him so that she can then trick him into spelling out his name backwards to send him to the fifth dimension. <laughs> it's quite the little plot she has. And she convinces Manel, and it's a very like emotional type scene. Like she's breaking up with someone that she was in a relationship with. He leaves, he's like crying and upset, and she doesn't waver at all and totally She commits. She commits. <laughs> but she prepared for that. She thought out like what she was going to do and then she performed it well. And then we have other lies, like we mentioned before, with when she told Kat that her parents died in a fire when she was 13. Technically still true. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's emotionally true and and like there's a bit of omission there, obviously. It's also probably a line that she has had prepared for years. (laughs) Yeah. So those are instances where she's not like caught off guard and she gets to use her sort of emotional toolbox, (laughs) one of her strengths. And that sort of relates to the other time she's a good liar, which is when she's lying about having any kind of negative feelings. (laughs) You mean constantly? (laughs) (laughs) Constantly. Like being angry or just, you know, the crushing weight of the loss of a planet, stuff like that. (laughs) Or like taken season two when she tells Alex that she's fine and and it's okay for her to leave on her Earth birthday and hang out with Maggie. And Alex kind of believes her, kind of doesn't (laughs) because she knows Kara very well. But she holds back the fact that she is very emotional in the moment pretty well. And she's good at like putting on a smile in certain situations, even through anger, which is always fun to see. (laughs) It is. It's a trait she and William share actually <laughs> when Ooh. Lex was making them angry they were both like uh-huh. that is a very good point yeah <laughs> 
But that takes us to like the different kinds of situations where Kara is comfortable lying and and sort of her values concerning truth overall, because we have the idea that telling the truth to protect others is good. And it's a very natural value for her to have, like being from Krypton and her sort of personality compared to, say, Jean. <laughs> we'll talk yeah. about. <laughs> or Alex, even. So telling the truth protects others like it would have had people told the truth about the environmental crisis on Krypton. And then lying can also protect others. For Carr, it's uncomfortable but necessary, as she learns on Earth. But then telling the truth about negative feelings, Kara appears to think is quite bad and only really hurts people and isn't pro-social. That's the idea that she has in her head. Well, because it only affects her in theory. Yeah. In theory. So it's interesting because we see with Kara expressing negative feelings is only really positive in relation to other values because she uses the truth in different contexts in different ways. It's like with Kara, she was proud of herself for standing up to Andrea and telling the truth about what she felt in the first episode of season five because she values journalism and telling the truth in that context like that was very important to her and she told Alex all about it because she was proud of herself in that way. But then you talk about telling the truth about a friend hurting you just personally. That's a totally different story. Kari doesn't really have a value to link to that to where she's like, this is actually important. And even we as the audience sort of excuse Kara telling the painful truth to Lena about how Lena hurt her as actually it's good for Lena too for her to grow as a person or even regarding Kara lying to Lena initially actually it was to protect Lena and we say these things because Kara just her own comfort level isn't good enough reason on its own and and that's interesting like this idea that Kara has to either lie about or tell the truth about her alien identity to benefit other people as opposed to just because she feels like it. Yeah. And that's been an issue all the way back since season one. Yeah. It's interesting because we have this established understanding for coming out in other contexts, like in real life, where like people are allowed to come out as queer in their own time. They can tell whoever they want, whenever they want, at their discretion, really. Well, and also to, to piggyback on that, that it's not appropriate for someone else to out another person. Mm. Lex Luthor. Yeah. Many dramas have been created around this idea. Well, I mean, consider even Maggie. We had her in the show and she had a terrible oh, right, yeah. experience. Someone forced her to come out and that ruined her relationships. This is very true. But then we sort of remove the concept of coming out from the immediate queer context. We take it out and, and make it a metaphor of aliens and people will feel a sense of ownership over that truth. Well, and that's actually, to me, very interesting given the tone that you see from some political leaders regarding immigration mm -hmm. and immigration status, because essentially what Kara is revealing is her immigration status. And that is the idea that she should be protected and not have to share that if it's dangerous for her is hotly disputed mm. in in the public eye right now about yeah. whether or not it is justified for people to protect themselves appropriately in that way. And that connection is not coming across necessarily in the subtext of the show, and it's not coming across in the minds of fans who are looking at the show always. But like that is also a very direct parallel as a kind of a coming out in its own way. Yeah. But we do see progression for Kara as a character with relation to telling the truth and coming out and 
going from only ever really considering how it will affect her loved ones and the connections that she has to like having a moment where she just kind of says how she feels other than apart from of course win in the pilot episode mm-hmm. when she just tells him because she felt like it and that's probably the i think that's the only time she's ever done that come out to someone just because she felt like it yeah it really it still is because i mean she told nia but like she told nia because nia was upset and she wanted to make nia feel better like yes um <laughs> i mean there are always layers to it where like maybe you want to tell the person like for instance i'm sure she wanted to tell lena for ages but then she you know lies to protect lena and then she tells the truth because she thinks that it's best for lena when she does come out to her she's like it wasn't protecting you i was wrong <laughs> you know that's her focus and it wasn't really until the season five finale that car is like she doesn't come out per se but she just sort of expresses herself in the way that she feels about what lena's doing openly in a way that she hasn't like ever really with Lena because of the way that their dynamic has been set up. Yeah, it's an evolution in the sense of Kara recognizing that sometimes she needs to do what's right for her Mm -hmm. in a way that to her might feel selfish, but that needs to happen in order for her to be the person who can serve everyone else. Yeah. And that's another sort of being quote unquote human narrative where like compared to season three, say, where she can make mistakes, she can have negative feelings and it's better for her as even a superhero to address those things. And the scene that we're referring to in season five is when Kara finally tells Lena that she hurt her personally, which we've talked about a bunch when she is like, you hurt me in all of these ways. And I didn't like that and isn't thinking about like, oh, how how is Lena going to behave? after this. Yeah. So Cora has that kind of progression to telling a different kind of truth while also being hopefully in the future more comfortable with telling the lie that protects other people um, and herself. <laughs> well, absolving herself of guilt, I think, is really yeah. the issue. That's- like she feels bad for it. And it's like, no, you're you don't need to feel bad for it. It's OK <laughs> yeah. to do something because it's good for you. Like- yeah. Exactly. Which is a problem Alex also struggles with. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but in a very different way. Because Kara is, she's uncomfortable with lying about like basic Kara facts, like where she's from and like what she's interested in, how she got to Lena's office building. With then, of course, the exception of negative feelings. Meanwhile, Alex is uncomfortable sharing and being vulnerable kind of generally. Yeah, she's not a fan. Yeah, we see Alex be a fairly good liar. And we talked about Kara and sort of the foundation of who she is and how it interacts with her personality and whether or not she wants to lie or feels comfortable with it more so. With Alex, it's interesting because she comes into the situation with Kara and having to lie about her being an alien a bit better at it and seems more comfortable, which I think is interesting because of what she said this season about Jeremiah. Mm. She says, he kind of treated me like I was an equal, especially when it came to taking care of my mother and definitely when it came to taking care of my sister. And we know that Alex feels like this crushing sense of responsibility toward her loved ones. (laughs) That's one way to put it. (laughs) And that's the primary reason that she will lie or will withhold things and Mm. keep secrets to protect her loved ones. And that need to protect Kara and even her mother was something instilled in her from Jeremiah. And she says that she initially thought great about that, how she had this like responsibility, but then grew to realize that that was maybe too much <laughs> responsibility for her at her age. Yeah, and was not necessarily right of him mm-hmm. to encourage her to actively withhold things yeah. from her 
other parent <laughs> yeah. and be like the protector of her mom's feelings. Yeah. And you've also said something before to me that I found interesting where like that doesn't seem like something Eliza would be okay with. So there's probably <laughs> no. a degree of secrecy <laughs> there where Jeremiah is like confiding in and relying on Alex apart from Eliza, like when Eliza's not around. In a way that's definitely not something good for children like, like mm-hmm. uh, i don't know how else to put it it's it's not cool like well um, it establishes this sort of secret keeping behavior in alex and not wanting to burden others because she's yes. responsible for them and in just the method of, of keeping things from people well and then it also ties into what i set up earlier in the episode with the idea that there are pro-social lies that are good for intergroup harmony and that to smooth over potential conflicts. Mm. Alex will lie when she thinks telling the truth will upset everybody or make them feel disappointed in her or stuff like that. It also ties back to stuff we talked about in the Alex-specific episode about her personality. She is a person who will read a room and try to do the things that will create the most harmony for the people around her. Mm -hmm. And this feeds on all of that. (laughs) It sure does. In a way that's not good for her emotional health. And it has taken her, similar to Kara, a very long time to get to a place where she sees that and is actively trying to not do those things anymore, uh-huh. at least not as often. Yeah. Well, and we'll, we'll walk through some of the interesting dynamics that happen with relation to that growth, so to speak. Yes. And it's interesting for Jeremiah as a character and as a person who has this, you know, role in Alex's life. We see him kind of lead the way regarding getting Cara to fit in. He mm-hmm. gives her the glasses and says, this will help you suppress your vision, help you fit in. And you compare that to the kinds of advice and guidance that we see from Eliza. She's more focused on like, you're a child, you're not a superhero. And like practical, like, it's not your job to protect people. You're just a kid. Yeah. And and this recognition that, you know, Cara doesn't need to go rushing into undertaking adult burdens when she's already just dealt with losing everyone she's ever loved yeah (laughs) (laughs) quite and recognizing like maybe that's not healthy (laughs) (laughs) perhaps not yeah so eliza's like i'm trying to protect you from this adult burden whereas jeremiah (laughs) is like here alex have an adult burden it's fine (laughs) that's true but then he's also the one who's always like okay so here's how you fit in here's how you keep secrets with both Kara and it seems like Alex. This mentality of like, take care of your mother, Alex, from Jeremiah. I think even before Kara arrived, primed Alex to withhold things from others to protect them. Mm. Like take, for instance, the version of Alex we see in the Earth-X crossover when, you know, Kara's like trapped in the Star Labs yes. little prison. We find out that that Alex never came out as a lesbian and was like dating mm. maybe when <laughs> yeah but that's a version of alex who didn't have a car in her life and she still was secretive yeah and had that big coming out that never happened yeah and then as i pointed out to you that's also we get the reveal that when alex was little she was abroad with her parents and like the one mm. thing she retained was this little Japanese saying that was like, keep this a secret or you'll die. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> Which, I mean, works for Alex and Cora, <laughs> that big secret that they have. It does, but it it just also works for Alex generally as a character. Like, she she tends to like to hold things in mm. in a way that Cara generally prefers not to. Except sometimes. Except sometimes. (laughs) So it seems like Alex, before a car arrived, would have had that 
maybe instinct to withhold. And then it's just exacerbated when Kara shows up. Yes. And one of the things with that was it connected nicely back to season one where Alex comes back to check on Eliza after they have their whole big fight at Thanksgiving. Mm. Because she's like, oh, the power went out. I wanted to make sure you were okay. Like, I don't go call my parents <laughs> when the power goes out. Like, they're adults. <laughs> they're not afraid of the dark. It's okay. Mm. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> but Alex has a rather unique relationship with honesty because of how much Kara's life has impacted hers and the fact that she's always there as backup if Kara misspeaks or does something kind of awkward and she's got to clean up after the mess, if you mm. will. And she appreciates the utility, the functionality of lies, I think, in a way that Kara doesn't always. Yeah. Even though Alex is not always a fan of having to lie and it takes an emotional toll on her to do it. Like, she'll do it if she <laughs> thinks it's the, the best thing to do in that mm. situation. You know, but it still, it wears on her and her mom even says that to her in season two. Yeah. But that said, while Alex is maybe inclined to lie faster than Kara is and is smoother about it she has a hard time keeping her true feelings out of the open when it comes to her moral principles yeah which are often very tied to protecting her loved ones. Yeah. So if you think like in Midvale, she wastes no time telling her friend that she's like doing all kinds of terrible things when she's hooking up with the creeper teacher. Mm, she's yeah. being held at gunpoint as a teenager and still has the nerve to tell the guy that he's like a pathetic spineless <laughs> coward. Oh, classic Alex. <laughs> right? Like, you know, well, but to go back to your point, this is a person who, in theory, is supposed to be like helping and protecting people. And instead, he's going around murdering them. And she's like, well, that's morally wrong. <laughs> yes. And also her consistent willingness to go to bat for Jean at any cost. Yeah. From season one through season four, she'll fight anyone for her second dad, even when it puts her career and her actual life at risk. <laughs> and even when he's begging her not to. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But she really doesn't like to let down her family and her loved ones. And that is when she is most inclined to lie or keep things from people. For sure. But Alex goes on this kind of very slow journey of growth and kind of the opposite of what Kara begins to understand, which is that like, okay, sometimes lying is better for me or my loved ones. Alex slowly learns that the truth can make you stronger, in fact. And she goes through this journey very closely with Jean, actually, which is interesting for Alex in terms of father figures and how she had Jeremiah, who is this force of like, you need to protect others and keep secrets. <laughs> But then we have Jean, who starts out along with Alex being very like secretive, but they go on a journey together where they start telling the truth a little bit by a little bit. Yeah. This is why Alex and Jean appear to get along as well as they do, <laughs> especially because, as I said already, you know, Alex will go to the mat for Jean, but she specifically says that he taught her how to lie really convincingly, mm. like when she was training at the DEO, which we've talked about Jean and his, his tendency towards not telling the truth. Uh. <laughs> and and John also pitches the DEO as sort of like a, a method to protect Kara. And then the DEO as just generally something that protects people and teaches her to lie well in relation to that. So that's in tandem with lying protects people and is a good thing. But then there's like friction because Alex hides the fact that she's a DEO agent from Kara. And I find it interesting that 
what eventually mends their relationship after Kara finds out that she lied to her is this sort of through the door confession speech that Alex gives where she admits like her vulnerabilities and opens up more to Kara. So that's like a, a point in the pro-truth <laughs> column. Mm. And then Kara encourages Alex to tell Eliza the truth about the DEO. And that seems interesting because Alex like takes a minute after Kara's like, maybe you should come out. <laughs> I loved her face. Yeah. She's just like, wait. <laughs> Wait, How? What do you mean? Yeah, like Come the out. perplexed, the perplexed face for someone who allegedly didn't know that that season two storyline was coming. That reaction was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So a plus to whoever directed that. <laughs> she reacts as if she thinks cars telling her about coming out about something else yeah she's like oh wait you mean you want me to tell her that i'm a deo agent so that's great but that leads to alex revealing insecurities that she had buried for years in the thanksgiving live wire episode and it makes her relationship with her mom stronger and then we have the tradition of the thanksgiving confessions <laughs> which are very much tied to alex's journey yes there was that big season one storyline with Alex and lying. Mm. Like after Alex had lied about the DEO and then told Car the truth, she then has this other thing where Jean encourages Alex to lie about how Alex killed Astra. And Alex goes along with it with Jean again in this role of like a father figure who is encouraging her to lie to protect others. And Alex goes along with it until she sees that Jean and Car's relationship is really fractured. And she sort of tells the truth in order to help them. But then the reaction that she gets is that Kara forgives her immediately and unconditionally. And we've talked about Alex with a relation to conditional love and how that's the message mm. she needs to hear from people that, okay, no matter what you do, I'm still going to care about you. And it demonstrated that their relationship could withstand a betrayal that big mm -hmm. in a way that Alex would never have understood otherwise. Yeah. Because of that belief that love is conditional. So telling Kara that ultimately made their relationship stronger, even if Kara made the choice of forgiving her, but still held resentment after the fact. And then it's interesting with relation to Jean again at the end of season one, because he asks her to lie when Jean is being questioned by people from the military who are eventually going to take him away off to be sent to Cadmus. Jean tells Alex, say I betrayed you because he wants to protect yeah. Alex. And Alex is like, I would never do that. And she's like, no, <laughs> no, outright. Uh, she refuses, you know, for maybe the first time, other than when she eventually tells Card the truth about Astra to lie when Jean advises her to. And she's like, I'll lie, I'll convince, I will do everything that you taught me to do, but I'm not abandoning you because that's her core value. That's just who she is. Yeah. yeah. And this concept of like, Alex coming out and having various truth-telling experiences where it's very difficult for her and then she eventually does it and maybe it makes things a little bit better for her and her relationships. We have the second coming out, obviously, when she comes out as a lesbian. And I find Alex's reaction to Maggie initially rejecting her very interesting with relation to Alex and lying. Mm. You know, when Kara bursts into her apartment and it's like, what yes, happened? Yes, your favorite moment. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Alex is like, it means I made a mistake. JK, I'm not gay. Like, yeah. yeah. She's like, I was wrong. I shouldn't have said anything. I should have just kept my mouth shut. Her first instinct is to try to take the information back. Well, and that's actually very, that's what she says to Kara, actually, in the pilot. You know, once you put the information out there, mm -hmm. you can't take it back. And like that to Alex is genuinely scary. Yeah. 
Yeah. And Kara's like, why? (laughs) (laughs) Precisely. I'm cool with it. Well, that's also a a very common, like, coming out feeling (laughs) where once somebody knows, there's no undoing it. So I find that very true to Alex as a, a lesbian. And we have a little bit of a motif with that, like, I should have just kept my mouth shut mm-hmm. with Alex, which is so fitting for her character and like how she kind of keeps quiet about things until the time is right. <laughs> or until she just explodes with stress. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> but she like in season two, she says about Clark, I think I've kept my mouth shut the entire time Clark has been here while you have ignored me. Yeah. So Alex's like initial instinct is to keep her mouth shut. And she says that a couple times throughout the series, actually. But then, you know, she eventually does come out to Eliza. And what I find interesting about that scenario is Alex saying, you always wanted me to have a regular life. And you can compare that to Cara's feelings and wish to have a normal life. But Eliza says, you were always going to be different, Alex, because you're always exceptional. That's such a mom thing to say. (laughs) And it's a great sentiment with regard to coming out and being open and having an sort of exceptional life. So Alex comes out to Eliza. And then the next parental interaction we have is when Jeremiah comes back and he's lying to Alex. He's lying to Cara and Eliza, everyone, to, you know, quote unquote, protect their family. And Alex in classic Alex way, as far as being very honest when her principles are concerned is like, why would you ever do that <laughs> when yes. she finally realizes what's happening? You know, but it's also kind of a contrast because the other times when Alex puts her foot down and is like, no, I'm going to tell the truth. It's usually to protect her family. Mm-hmm. In this case, it's a value in terms of like, you don't do terrible things to aliens. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> but like adult Alex can see Jeremiah's behavior and, and the way that he lies to protect others and be like, oh, okay, this is not okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it probably sets up a lot of the growth that she has in season five with regard to like, wait, that wasn't okay for Jeremiah to... Yeah. Well, but and to tie it back to what I talked about at the beginning of this podcast episode, there's always an element of self-deception in play in terms of reconciling contradicting thoughts about other people. Mm. And we knew that Alex idolized her dad after he died because she could, essentially. He wasn't there to make mistakes. Yeah. And she reacts very, very strongly when Kara's like, hey, something's weird here. And she refuses to accept it. And she refuses to see any of the things that are questionable until she can't ignore it anymore. And then she she won 80s, but she does it in a very classic Alex way of kind of like brooding on it until it's settled in her head and then she never talks about it again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and then the other part of it that's kind of fascinating in light of what we learn in season five is that when Jean decides to test Alex and how far she might cross lines for Jeremiah, he deceives her by pretending to be him. Mm. And, you know, pushing her into morally questionable places. And then we find out that that's a longstanding pattern and that she would have been prone to that in much the same way that Lena is sometimes prone to doing things because of the patterns her family has built. Yeah. That's just got a sting in terms of the father figures. Mm, and her line to Jean about, can we stop hurting each other mm-hmm. or like doing the right things for the wrong reasons? Then is like, ooh. Yeah. 
Jean and Alex are very interesting with regard to lying. and Their whole relationship is just so good. Yes. <laughs> so many layers. <laughs> well, one thing in terms of like a villain who I thought was really good for Alex, mm. who I would have loved to see more of. Yes. They had an episode about it, but Purity, who sort of speaks the truth. That's part of her like power, it seems. Mm-hmm. And she says Alex's like painful feelings that have been like festering about her breakup with Maggie and like everything in general forever. She says them out loud. <laughs> Which is like Alex's worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah. I know. Purity's like, see that rage, that's your loneliness. <laughs> you know, she's really calling her out. And Alex is like, shut your mouth, bringing that, you know, concept of mouth shutting. Yeah. Silence. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't say it, it doesn't exist. Yeah. I think that's a great villain for Alex the mind reading aspect there kind of mm. which makes her relationship with Jean then very interesting because he can just read her thoughts and like he knew that she was a lesbian before she like came out to anyone yeah but he didn't tell anyone <laughs> he, <laughs> yeah that actually now that you say that that takes me to one of my favorite little exchanges between them in season one after he tells her that he's an alien and he happens to offhandedly mention that he can read minds and her face (laughs) is just like her life is flashing before her eyes for a minute there yeah but also too you know she's the first person he confides in about a lot of things that he hasn't talked about to anyone in like decades Mm. and that dynamic is so rich yeah that like i just want to see more of it all the time like (laughs) all the time uh, well yeah there's a beautiful like level of trust there yes that's probably my favorite part of it yeah Yeah. but let's talk about john now then and his relationship with lying specifically and his foundation before he got to earth a little bit we've had some flashbacks to mars and to john's life on mars and some cultural things here and there we obviously know that they're all mind readers and that's a key part of the way that they connect with each other mm. like jean sharing his thoughts with his wife every night before sleep yeah or like the childhood flashback where they're playing a game where they have to try to like read where they are just with their minds mm-hmm. but then they're also shapeshifters which is interesting because you can't really use mm. that power for deception in that environment like when martians come to earth they recognize each other without being in the same form Mm. so it's interesting to have that thing that's typically associated with deception on earth maybe not be used in that same way yeah and actually that makes me very curious about the idea that like their technology can also shapeshift like with the car Mm. that turns into the spaceship i'm like what did they value about it like why was it part of like how did that fit into the culture now i'm i'm curious i want to know more well if you talk about (laughs) different aspects of your personality in different situations and different Mm, cultures, then maybe it played a role in that sense. That would be really cool. And we also know that they will take the form of the other species that they are in the same room with, like out of respect, something we learned in season three. Oh, yeah, that's true. So there are a lot of interesting ideas to explore there culturally. Yes. The the Martian lore is still very untapped. Mm, Yes. But, But for Jean, we also know that he was like personally uniquely tricky. Yes. Like the thing about cheating with the game when he was like, oh, Zook took the pieces. But I think he was telling the truth. Well, it's it's up for debate. <laughs> oh, that's true. But Jean does lie a lot. Mm. But we did get the reveal from Mixie this year that Zook was real. Yeah. So that's that's 
quite the mystery. Uh, but he also, for like a couple darker examples. The whole thing with Malefic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He helped hide Malefic away. He then erased him from everyone's minds, which was... Including his own. <laughs> yeah. Which was a huge like sin, quote unquote, in his culture. Like that's not something that other Martians would value. That was a Jean yeah. thing. <laughs> Jean decision. That, yeah. And that was essentially the equivalent of like murdering someone. Yeah. And in terms of like lying, and it's very interesting because he seems like maybe like an Alex type personality, but in maybe a Krypton like environment where everyone's a little bit more open, just to compare him to the the sisters a little bit. Yeah. In personality. Well, that's kind of like how I've always talked about. I'm like, how did Alex as a teenager ever feel like she had any privacy <laughs> sharing a room with Kara? Mm. And I'm like, think about like on Mars, like literally, when can you get away from people? <laughs> like, yeah. That's interesting. Well, then also you have the fact that like Jean, his people were killed in a genocide. Yeah. The trust becomes a lot lower. He came to Earth and humans were attacking him and hunting him. So he has a lot of reason to... To be guarded. To hide. Yeah. Yeah. But he also, like Alex, goes through this wonderful journey of like recognizing when truth can make you stronger and your bonds stronger. Mm. Like like Kara, he comes to Earth and has to lie to survive and has that, you know, identity in order to protect people, like specifically Alex and Kara, so he can maintain that role close to them. Mm. Are you talking about like maintaining his role as Henshaw or are you talking about when he goes and pretends to be the FBI agent to make Kara stop putting Alex's life yeah. in danger? Well, both. <laughs> um, well, that is an interesting example because Jean tries to use that to help Kara. He, he does ultimately succeed. But the part that really gets through to her is the emotionally truthful part when he mm. kind of bonds with her and relates to her on an emotional level. Yeah, you're right. Actually, it's the part where he recognizes the loneliness. Mm. Yeah, that's it. And then asks her to show him where Krypton is. Yeah. And then pretends that he doesn't understand when she says that she loves oh, her mom. Love that scene. <laughs> but so he lies about who he is to Alex and Kara in terms of being an alien and then teaches Alex, as we talked about, to lie to protect herself and to protect others. So this is something that he values as like a, a safety net and a tool. Yeah. But then he comes out as an alien to the sisters and they begin to become closer. And that's sort of when... Especially with Kara, the emotional bonds are really forged. With Alex and Jean, I'm sure there was like an offhand, like easy working relationship, but they sort of move into daughter territory over time because of the things that are revealed, mm. the truth that is told. The scene where he's sparring with her in the episode where she finally tells Kara the truth about what happened to Astra. I just love what that says about the level of trust in their relationship because she knows that he is a Martian and could like kill her at any moment yeah just the, the scene where like he actively threatens her because of something that she does and she's just like she's not scared yeah but that's also similar to the thing where alex reveals that she killed astra and Kara's reaction is how she knows that their sisterhood is like unbreakable and like unshakable mm -hmm. Jean coming out as an alien is what tests their relationship in the way that makes them closer. And the fact that Alex isn't afraid of him, like, physically hurting her adds a level of comfort that would never have been there otherwise. Yeah, well, and then you think, too, when he uses his memory-altering powers and he feels so guilty about it and that he messed up, like, with the guy at Lord Tech. And Alex is like, well, what happened? She's not actually judging him. Like, yeah. she's not with an agenda about it. Which for him is really reassuring because he has all this guilt because he didn't remember what he did to his own brother. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. Oh, that's good. But, and they also have specifically Alex and Jean, like an understanding of the, the reasons you lie. I mean, Kara does too, but she's also, she has resentment about it. Mm. They're on the same like wavelength and Alex can get why Jean made the decisions he did. Yes. I also just really enjoy the fact that like Alex never outs Jean to Kara. Mm. She keeps it a secret. But when Kara overhears something and is like, what does that mean? Alex's face, she's just like, mm, yeah, I'm OK with her knowing that. And just like just shrugs <laughs> yep. and is like, Shrug. OK, Jean, balls in your court. Like, <laughs> Yeah. When Jean eventually does come out like sort of to the world as an alien, as a Martian, he does so to protect Alex and Kara and, and reveals that truth as a way to help them. Learning that the only way to protect people isn't just secrecy. And that's around when Jean tried to get Alex to lie to protect her. And then she refuses. And he says, I'd spend a thousand years in this cell if it meant keeping you and your sister safe. And that really encapsulates Jean's mentality for the past 15 years and trying to protect Alex and Kara. That also isn't an understatement because we know Jean can live for thousands of years. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he is ready to commit. He's ready. But he is willing to stay locked away, like physically and emotionally, in order to protect them, which is also interesting with relation to Malefic mm. as maybe like a subconscious influence on like protecting others. The way you do that is by locking things away because Malefic was a threat in their minds to the rest of the Martians. But then for Jean, he has his own coming out. And in season two, we see him like take a step toward feeling like more out in the open by going to the alien bar. Mm. And that is that analogy to like a gay bar and being in a space where you can just freely be yourself and that identity. And then he has that potential to bond with Magan and like share thoughts which is a big deal after all the secrecy for like how many years he's been on earth and he has a struggle to trust her throughout the season when he finds out that she is a white martian and trust plays that huge role with him in terms of when to tell the truth or to lie or to share hmm. and eventually alex and jean have that like sort of little pact can we just stop doing the wrong things for the right reasons when he pretends to be jeremiah so he he tries to take like steps to include less deception in his day-to-day -day life. And he is a little bit happier and closer to the people he loves for it, which makes the season four mind wipe thing where he suddenly has to start lying to Alex in a big way again, hmm. particularly painful. I do appreciate that loop, though, of him after being so aware of the danger of using that power. Hmm. He's willing to try it because she trusts him. Yeah. And it's actually successful in a way that's not <laughs> with, like, <laughs> Horrible repercussions for everyone. Well, consider Alex, as we talked about, and her like being uncomfortable, being vulnerable, telling people things and having other people say her thoughts and then having people read her mind. Mm -hmm. She was comfortable enough with Jean to let him change her thoughts. <laughs> yeah. So where she is lying to herself, you know, she doesn't even know what's going on. Yeah. That whole scene was really great for the dynamic of all three of them mm -hmm. because you had those moments with Kara and Alex and then Alex and John and then after the fact, Kara and John yeah. with the ramifications of it. Yeah. But even that, John comes to the realization that like, oh, this may have hurt us more than I thought it would. It's a, a consistent struggle with him, like whether or not he should tell the truth or lie. And, and sometimes he'll backslide in order to protect others and to protect his relationships mm. in situations where maybe the truth would actually be more beneficial for him, even though it's hard. Like 
in season five when he lies about what he did to Malefic because of the shame that he felt and because he like imagined Alex's reaction of like betrayal and blame and wanting to preserve that relationship that has become so important to him. And the way that he begins to make up for what he did to Malefic by like hiding him away from literally everyone was by letting Malefic into his mind freely and letting him just read all of his thoughts and and telling the truth in the purest form that is possible in this world of you know superheroes and aliens so we see that again the idea of letting people literally into your mind as a really vulnerable state for the characters and how sometimes it can be beneficial so then in contrast to our kind of core family unit that was introduced to the show in season one we had the bonus in season two of the 100% dysfunctional family unit of the Luthers, mm-hmm. which was a parent and two siblings, and everyone was a lying liar constantly. <laughs> constantly. And had no healthy sense of how to communicate with a human being and have a relationship that was built on any sense of, of trust or honesty. Yeah. Or goodwill. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Lena, that's her foundation. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what she's got. Lena is at a decided disadvantage mm-hmm. compared to Kara when it comes to like leaving your birth family and then ending up in a different family that teaches you things that maybe you wish they hadn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting because she has no experience with like what like a healthy amount of lying is. Yes, that's true. So when she sees any amount of lying she takes it all the way to oh so you're terrible i (laughs) I didn't realize um (laughs) (laughs) wow yeah it's very it's very black and white way of thinking and it's interesting because lena will sort of partially unlearn things from the luthers that they demonstrated like lying but then take it too far in the opposite direction like all people who lie at all are bad or for example like uh the luthers conveying that lena's like unlovable and she's like worthless and then lena going too far in the other direction which is like i'm not wrong about anything and if you say that i am actually you're bad mm. And that to me just reminds me of how we've talked before about how Kara, too, will have this tendency to overcorrect in an extreme Mm. sometimes when she's realized that she's gone too far in one direction with maybe being too emotionally available in a relationship or Mm. being the one who takes up all the emotional space. She'll swing and be like, and now I should take up none. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's interesting because for both of them, it's related to trauma and for Kara, abandonment with Lena, kind of relationships in general. Which is where I'm kind of interesting to see what a more healthy relationship between them would look like. Yeah. Because there are places, I think, where they could learn from each other and push each other a lot in terms of talking about emotions. Yes. A thing that Kara doesn't like to do and that Lena's really bad at. (laughs) Yeah. But kind of as we have already talked about with Lena throughout season five, breaking away from these learned behaviors and these ideas that have just been kind of burned into her brain Hmm. is extremely difficult. And as I've already said, and as the current year in our lives probably is made really obvious to everyone. People get very defensive when what they believe about reality is challenged or that they're told that something that they've incorporated into their identity is not true. Mm -hmm. And of all the characters in Supergirl, Lena is the one who struggles with this the most. And she on one level knows it because she knows she's 
coming from a very toxic environment and she wants to get away from it, but she's not always successful because this is a blind spot for everyone. We tend to believe the things that are repeated by the people we know and the people that we have the most contact with, Mm -hmm. even if we later get new information that corrects them and that proves that they are lying. Mm-hmm. Well, and that in relation to like emotional abuse from a family or a parent is interesting because you get this message over and over again about how the world works that is harmful for you. And then in something like cognitive behavioral therapy, the objective is to repeat certain patterns of thought to correct it to have that cognitive behavior mm-hmm. over and over again and teach yourself to think a certain way. And it's really hard and takes a really long time to unlearn things, but that's the process. Just rinse and repeat. Yeah. And the repetition is really the only way to overcome it. And Mm -hmm. not only the repetition, but the repetition in a space where you feel comfortable being vulnerable and with a person that you are okay being vulnerable around. Mm -hmm. And so you see this, this struggle for Lena happen from season two through season five, where her family is feeding her this misinformation about who she is, how she should behave, and how other people see her. And sometimes you also get it from society at large, like, you know, when she's getting press attention because Lex did something or her mother is going to jail or whatever. And then competing with that are her sources of what we'll call good information. (laughs) Kara, James, Sam. Healthy editors. Yes. The people who are going to be aware of her maybe worse patterns and be like, hey, that doesn't make sense. Or like, <laughs> yeah, let's rethink that. Maybe let's look at it this way. Like, mm-hmm. and we'll challenge her in a way that's not threatening to the same degree as if it was like it. You know, Alex is like, well, you're pathetic. Like, like <laughs> um, yeah. But so where Lena runs into trouble is when her competing sources of information contradict each other. Mm-hmm. So when Lex is telling her something and Kara is telling her the opposite, or like you know, Lillian and. And her friends are telling her two different things. Mm -hmm. And so Lena's way of coping with that is often to engage in a little bit of self-deception in order to make the contradictions go away. Mm -hmm. So let's say, you know, in season five, Kara comes and says to Lena, hey, this thing that you're doing is objectively not good. Like, you're (laughs) Mm -hmm. working with Lex. You know, he's never doing anything good. He's probably using you. You know, maybe you should consider your life choices. But then Lex is like, well, Kara's just saying that because she's a liar and she's been deceiving you forever, so therefore she's a bad person. And, you know, how is Lena supposed to reconcile this? Like, she has in her head that people who lie to her to hurt her are bad. Mm-hmm. So her family. But then Kara went and did that. And she's like, so then Kara has to be bad. But she's like, but Kara's good because Kara's a superhero mm-hmm. who stops bad people. And that it's like a does not compute <laughs> kind of mm-hmm. thing. And so she ends up reconciling this by being like, well, Kara just doesn't understand why I'm doing what I'm doing. She doesn't want to understand because she's bad person. And I know that Lex is up to no good and I'm paying attention. So I'm still good, even if whatever he's doing is bad. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wait. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, if you go back to that idea of like uh, information that is repeated sticking and maybe Mm -hmm. even if you learn something better, it doesn't stay because the thing that you heard a hundred thousand times is what stays in your head. I know that people struggle with Lena's decisions, but with regard to Lex and trusting him, the th- messages that she has most often 
received in her life proportionally are in favor of Lex and Lillian and the Luther mindset. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to unlearn that kind of behavior. Yeah, exactly. And especially when we get the context of those flashbacks to her in high school as a younger adult, she has absorbed all of that. You know, she has always felt not accepted as a Luther and part of her craved that for a very long time. And it's hard to walk away from that when you feel like the one person who like got you out of that mess is not there for you. Yeah. (laughs) Is that true? No. But, you know, it's a very difficult thing to move past. And the other place, which was a very cool example of this with Lena and reality dueling with each other a little, Mm -hmm. is how she starts to treat Hope like a real friend and never really acknowledges that she had been friends with Eve and that was why she was so angry at Eve hurting her. And then also not acknowledging that she actively harmed Eve in order to create hope. And then when Hope herself confronts Lena with this reality, like, I am not your friend. I am a robot (laughs) that you programmed to do and say these things. Like, she still, Hope has to say it like three times. (laughs) Because, like, Lena hears it, but then she continues acting like, oh, no, this is my friend Hope. And Hope is like, no, (laughs) Miss Luthor, I am not your friend. Like, (laughs) um, but but knowing the facts does not stop the feelings. And that is where misinformation and lies are so dangerous. And so that was a very good way of showing that. And I wish it had been explored a little bit more as like a season long thing in a little bit of a different way. But. You know, with these issues of Lena getting conflicting information from the Luthers and then from her other set of friends who are a much more recent addition to her life, Mm -hmm. she really genuinely doesn't know what to do with the idea that Kara is Supergirl beyond being angry that that Kara lied to her because Kara is her friend. And the part where Lena is struggling is that on some level, she recognizes that Kara has always been genuine with her Mm. in each persona. Like... There's never been a time where Lena didn't know where she stood. And that was very real. And the emotional parts of it were very real. But she doesn't know how to connect that to Kara having two very different facets of her life that she balances. Yeah. And so she wants on some level to trust Kara because she understands that Kara is a good person and Supergirl is a good person. But... She lied. Like, you know, (laughs) Lena really can't get over the fact that Kara lied to her. And she reads that as an insult and an attack on her personally. Mm -hmm. She's like, she lied to me because I'm a Luther. She thinks I'm a bad person. That's why she didn't tell me the truth. And then she also lied. Therefore, she is terrible. And that's kind of how it all spirals so out of control. Mm -hmm. Lena has this very detailed narrative with regard to lying and what it means for her and her life. And it's woven in so much to her identity that like people who lie to me are trying to hurt me. And Mm -hmm. she has a hard time unraveling from that in any way. So then something like Kara not only lying to her, but like having these two different versions of her (laughs) is a lot for Lena to process. And with her like very black and white thinking that she has sometimes, Mm -hmm. she's like, you're either exactly who you say you are or you're living a lie. (laughs) So they can't really both be true. Yeah. Well, think too about how Andrea lied to Lena specifically to spare her feelings. Because she knew that Lena cared so much about that medallion because of the connection to her mother who had died. And then 
Andrea is in this situation where she's been like assigned to like a curse to be an assassin and she doesn't want that to happen to Lena like because Lena's her friend and she cares about her but she's like they just told me I can't tell anyone about it or I'll die like or they'll kill you like yeah well it's two scenarios where they're trying to protect Lena by lying to her and that does not work for Lena (laughs) it does not work at all yeah no but for Carr I think it's really interesting with regard to kind of what we talked about before with having different identities and versions of yourself and parts of yourself that you reveal in different contexts Mm -hmm. with Supergirl and with Cara Danvers and the superhero mythos and the secret identities and stuff like that. The concept of identity is made very literal. Like you have a different outfit you put on. Well, I guess that's true because you go to work, like you have different kinds of clothing that you wear in different contexts and different persona you put on. Yeah. But it's very dramatic. (laughs) Well, you can even do that online. Mm. Each platform has its own different style. You have a different way of communicating. You choose different usernames, mm-hmm. the color palettes. Like, yeah. It's something I think everyone could understand on some level. Yeah. But Lena, she sort of struggles with like the fact that she expresses this in the 100th episode when she's talking to Sam in the alternate universe. It was like Supergirl and I were arguing and she said terrible things to me and then Kara was nice to me. And she can't reconcile that she behaved in different ways in different contexts and over time was also another factor. But it sort of raises the question of like whether or not identity can exist without secrets and omission and leaving Mm -hmm. things out or not being fully truthful. There's no, for the show, Kara Danvers if Kara's not suppressing Kara Zarel and those associated traits like knowing Mm. everything about science (laughs) you know cara danvers is very humanities based actually she is but isn't cara danvers technically also built on being like sister of alex daughter of eliza like there are a lot of things (laughs) woven into it and some of them are just because she has to hide the cara zorel part that's true yeah but that doesn't mean that she doesn't really feel those things and feel connected to that identity that doesn't mean that they aren't true and there are certain contexts where you could argue that Carr is putting on a Carr Danvers persona, especially like with Kat and being like, I'm afraid. <laughs> well, and also when she makes the comment to Clark in season two about how his clumsy act was so convincing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, that wasn't an act. And then you realize like, oh, Kara assumed it was because for her it is. <laughs> yeah. What I think it's a little bit more complicated than it's an act versus it's yeah. not an act. It's both. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. But it's definitely both. I mean, certain things about like the way she maybe... She'll amplify certain traits. Yeah. Uses her strength or her coordination or what have you. That is a choice. But well, like even the thing about like when she laughs at something Kat says about Supergirl and she has to cover yeah. it up and she's like, oh, I was just oh, laughing. Yeah. Thinking the about this memes. cat video. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And she like laughs and exaggerates these things that are awkward Cara Danvers things that she does, I think, naturally in other situations. True. It's a nice mix of both. And like there being lies involved or omission involved doesn't mean that Cara Danvers isn't true to Kara. Yes. Just as Kara Zarel is still a part of Kara and Supergirl is a part of Kara, even though she leaves behind Cara Danvers traits of being like awkward. She tries to suppress that part of herself and that sort of professional capacity. And then audience members and Lena are like, well, who's the real Kara? They're all the real Kara. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. A person's identity isn't a finite thing. It's this concept we create over time and with associations. Mm -hmm. And we're constantly editing the facts to fit our own concept of ourself 
and the way that we see others, the way that we see the world consciously by leaving things out. And then also just unconsciously by not remembering things that aren't relevant to Cara Danvers' mm-hmm. identity. Like if you do something that is like out of character, you might not remember it because it doesn't yeah. fit. You like reject it. <laughs> and people aren't perfectly consistent across their like character. They behave in those out of character ways or have a different set of behaviors for different contexts, but that doesn't mean they're lying. And so ultimately, Cara can be Supergirl and have those two different dynamics with Lena and be telling the truth in both scenarios. And at least being honest and truthful in a way, in a sense that she's emotionally truthful and behaving the way that she wants to. (laughs) It's also interesting because the goal isn't necessarily to make all those identities one Mm. in the way that I think some viewers sometimes want Kara or any of the superheroes to like pull an Iron Man and be like, (laughs) I am Iron Man. I am Supergirl. There are benefits to the different personas we have and to Kara's ability to shift between being a Kara Danvers-like person who's maybe like a little bit more friendly and maybe people are more comfortable like sharing awkward stories with or trusting in a professional journalism capacity versus Mm -hmm. Supergirl who commands a little more authority. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But then is also like you always expect her to be friendly. Yeah. Try to help you in the way you don't with Cara Danvers. Like she's allowed to be annoyed at you. Usually. Is she though? (laughs) (laughs) Like a stranger on the street wouldn't expect like Cara Danvers to be. Yeah. Their new best friend. (laughs) Yes. Well, it ties into just the general idea of how people understand or don't understand celebrity culture and Mm -hmm. that what you see like in mass media is not the reality and the whole of another person's life. Mm -hmm. As a lot of actors, including the actors in the show, constantly try to remind people like you don't see the full story of someone's life just by interacting with them in one setting for however long or by reading all their tweets Mm -hmm. from the last seven years or watching every video that you can find on YouTube. Like, that's only a small part of someone. Mm -hmm. And also, importantly, you don't have ownership over those other aspects of their lives. Yeah. Like, they don't owe you that. No. (laughs) Like, we all navigate this in real life because social media is such a big part of everybody's life to some extent that we're all making decisions about how authentic or how truthful to be about different things in different spaces every day. Mm -hmm. And the characters are doing all of that same stuff. And the show really is at its strongest when it focuses on that. Mm -hmm. So in the early seasons, it was like figuring out kind of who you are Mm -hmm. because you're still establishing the characters. But Going forward, it's really about challenging those senses of self and giving them new ways to express themselves and maybe to kind of question each other a little bit. And so they've done that now with Kara and Lena. I think where I'd like to see it go is to see it mix up a little bit more with the characters who've gotten comfortable with each other. Yeah. Agreed. And seeing maybe some different sides of the characters. Yes. In context you wouldn't expect. Yeah. And there's a lot of room for that. Mm. Like, I am looking forward to Nia and Alex like superhero disasters, frankly. <laughs> yeah. And we haven't seen Alex's whole new identity as a vigilante and like what that looks like for her as a character and, and what traits she chooses to emphasize or de-emphasize. Is she going to be like D.E.O. like? Mm. <laughs> Is she going to try her hand at a little bit of superhero connection with the people that she's helping like Mm. it's a whole new world to explore yes well and then also to see how that goes with the relationship with nia who we know is still very much missing her own sister Mm. and alex just naturally big sisters everyone who comes into her orbit (laughs) so (laughs) she's gonna have probably a very similar reaction to Kara the first time she met nia and just be like oh god you're (laughs) 
you're my little sister. Like, <laughs> I like the idea that Alex attracts siblings the way that Carhartt attracts mother figures. Yeah, honestly. The way that Eliza attracts children. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of true. And Jean also. Yeah. <laughs> they're just, they're very family-oriented people mm-hmm. as a group, and they just can't help themselves. Yes. The other thing I would really like to see, especially with the, the queer characters, is more of them in that context and having mm-hmm. storylines that are very, like, specific to that context. Yeah. You know what I would love to see hmm. in terms of like lying and identities? Alex coming into maybe a queer space and Mia, yeah, actually, both of them coming into this queer space of like where everyone is, is like trying to be like open with each other, like a community, mm. while also having secret identities and having to withhold. Oh my God, like a superhero mixer or like. <laughs> well, that's great. Now I'm just picturing like a bar for gay superheroes and I'm like, can we have a. Cr- oh my God, it's the crossover that we are all dreaming. Oh my gosh. I was thinking more in terms of like conflict and like being put in another situation where you're supposed to feel comfortable finally and then being like oh but I still have to put on this persona and I can't talk about this other one but that's the natural conclusion is (laughs) so that concludes our thoughts on lies deception and truth within the story of Supergirl we will be back again in a couple of weeks we apologize for the delay there was a unfortunate hard drive disaster (laughs) (laughs) That delayed us a little bit on this episode. But thanks to those of you who have already helped with our fundraiser, we were able to repair everything. Mm. So thank you, guys. Yes. So while we prep our next episode, feel free to send us comments, questions, or suggestions to Supergirl's Attic on Tumblr, Twitter, or Instagram. And thanks for listening.